He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Travelling from Wellington to the Hutt Valley, you come across rolling hills near the Nimutaka Ranges. Google Maps is handy, but if you miss one turn off, you get lost, which happened to me. But on this day, I'm visiting Dr. Jessica Hutchings' lifestyle block. I think I found the spot. I think, yeah, I think this is the one. It's a long driveway, so we'll just try this one. I'm here to talk about hua para kore, or Māori organic farming, and what soil sovereignty is. Now, the recent book, Te Mahi One One Hua Para Kore, a Māori soil sovereignty and wellbeing handbook, underpins a Māori philosophy that connects te ira tangata, or human beings, with Te One One, or the soil. Her publications explore this kaupapa further. Eakumanu taki, eakumanu taiko, rere totika, rere pai, kinga kōrero e hariakine. I join Dr. Jessica Hutchings. Kotiahika te nei iraroite maru otereo irirangi o Aotearoa. Um, you have to bucket water on things. Right. So, you know, I did all this planting in winter, which of course is the best time to plant things, the energy yes. descending into the whenua. Um, but if I don't bucket water around the natives right now, at this time of the year, things just won't make it. Yeah. Her home is surrounded by fruit trees and veggies. Here she shows me her greenhouse. So it does, um, it's like a mini, yeah, it's greenhouse. It's a mini Oops. little hothouse, eh? Yeah, it's a mini little hothouse. So, um, you know, you just have to work really hard to keep um, the soil um, not from over-frying because it's really hot. hot yeah. So this year I've put the shade on the outside of it, but it's stunted some of the plants. So it really is just that little trial and error thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but this um, what this means is I can get cucumbers in, you know, before Labour Weekend yeah. and we can do all our pickles and everything like that. It just means I'm guaranteed of a crop because I've got pukekels and rabbits. Um, you know, people talk about growing food. It's like, oh, my God, pest management's the major. And possums oh, yeah, eating true. all the harvest from all the fruit trees. So I really need to think about... Um, oh, pest management. Yeah, and so this has really helped. And the other thing, too, living at the bottom of the Demutaka Hill is the wind factor. So, um, you know, I can get tomato plants up, cucumbers up and things, and then I get two days of wind, and the whole thing's all over. So, well, actually, that makes me cry. <laughs> so this is really good because it means it can blow a gale out there and everything is um, growing. Yeah. Inside her home, there's lots of natural sunlight beaming into the open-plan lounge and kitchen space. Her young pup, Tahi, is excited as you'll hear. Now, Jessica is a director, author, kaupapa Māori researcher and yoga teacher. I'm here in Kaitoke, oh, outskirts right. of uh, Upper Hutt in the Poneke, Wellington, <laughs> and um, Kia ora Tahi. That's Tahi in the background. <laughs> you may hear him throughout Kōrero, but Katie Boy, he's, he's listening in as well. I'm here at the home of Dr. Jessica Hutchins. Kia ora, tēnā koe. Tēnā koe, tēnā koe, ngā mihi. Kia ora, ngā mihi. Thank you so much for opening your whare. Um, to, of course, myself. And um, I suppose to get things started, Jessica, um, kōrero here, my kōwai kwe 
nohea koe. Kia ora. Oh, kia ora, tēnā koe. Uh, koa he uri o Ngaitahi me Ngāti Huirapa, kei etahi atu taha no India, tuku māma no Gujarati ea, uh, he mindia na hoi. Kei kunei, kei uh, kai toki. Hi. Kia ora. Hmm. 16 years you've been here. Oh, 16 Gosh. years. Bought it as a bare block of land. It was an ex-dairy farm, and so the whole valley was... Um, uh, scooped up by a developer who carved up the dairy farm and sold it as lifestyle blocks, and so we're on 12 acres. Yeah, it just feels as I get older, it feels like it's enough land. 16 years ago, you had the foresight to buy a block of land such as this. Yeah, I had the um, real aspiration to want to um, re-cloak the whenua back in Rāko Māori, and so the idea of growing food was always something that was there, but it was really about healing Papatuanuku and having an opportunity to kind of eco-source seeds and grow native seedlings and plant them back on the whenua and so I've been doing that and probably planted a good few thousand trees and you, you know I look at them now and we're having to thin them out it's just amazing what you can achieve. As an ex-dairy farm uh, was it um, degraded uh, how did you kind of bring it to its its somewhat pristine condition? Well, actually, it wasn't as degraded as what I thought it would be. So I got a couple of soil tests done through Hills Laboratory, and um, I am a staunch advocate of organic, so um, we verified with Māori organics and we were organic farm NZ verified as well mm. so we had to get soil tests and we had to understand what was happening on the whenua um, and there were no heavy metals it was um, all looked like it was possible to transition the whenua into full organic um, status and so worked towards that and then when the huaparakori the Māori organic verification came online I dropped the Pākehā verification and stuck with the Kopapa Māori one here. She talks about her time within the university space which stirs up not so fond memories. Well, I'd say that I am a recovered academic. Yeah, I do have a doctorate um, from the science faculty at Victoria University. I did a PhD, uh, Manawahini Analysis of Genetic Engineering, kind of in the early 2000s when that whole debate about genetic technologies um, had come about. And Māori women at the time, we banded together because we had a really strong critique about it. So I was really interested in taking that our socio-cultural critique into a Western science space. So my background is working at that interface between Western science and mātauranga Māori. But I had a terrible time at the university. I was there for 13 years, 26 part-time fixed-term contracts, um, institutional racism. Uh, We probably weren't calling it that at that time. Mm. The other thing for me is I was a single parent with a child under five, and so I... during all that really bad employment of just rolled over contracts, had no rights to sick leave, family leave, research and study leave, all the benefits that full-time academics, predominantly Pākehā academics, have in the institution. So I left that job probably in about 2000 uh, and, oh, 2015 maybe, 2014, 2015, and never looked back. And so now I just work for myself as a contract researcher in the Kaupapa Māori space and uh, also too hold a role of number of governance roles in the Māori science sector so do all this other work but really happiest when my feet are at home yes. on the whenua, I'm in my gum boots or in my bare feet out on the mata um, doing things on the farm yeah, mm. so the farm now has really turned into a whānau food small whānau food farm so the book Te Mahi One One Hua Parakori is a, is, a, is a book built on other works and publications. Can you talk more about the kind of uh, genesis behind this book? 
Yeah, sure. Really, this book um, has come to life through the generosity and the foresight of uh, Māori environmental researcher Garth Harmsworth from Manaki Whenua. So he had a big research grant um, about soil health, Oneoneora um, Tangata Ora, that was funded from an Endeavour grant from MB. And he really opened the space to invite Māori researchers to come in and to do whatever they wanted to do in relationship to their communities, mm. um, rangahau Māori, that could help to tell Māori, diverse Māori soil stories. And these stories about soil sovereignty would be the subject of Jessica's research. The book, co-edited with Joe Smith, explores soil health and how this relates to overall health and well-being. But further to that, it digs literally deeper. It goes to the relationships between Te Ira Tangata and to Nga Atua Māori, Orangi Nui and Papatuanuku. He taonga te whenua, soil as a taonga or as a living whenonga or relation, and its connectedness to food security. Now the book contains essays from other contributors, profiles and recipes. It also features the Hua Para Kore or Māori Organics framework that draw on the six principles of soil health. Whakapapa, family and genealogy, wairua or spirituality, mana, authority, maramatanga or enlightenment, te auturua, the natural world, and Māori, or life force. Here, Jessica talks about her veggie patch. Free flowed, you know, um, frozen lots of things as so well. silver beet, tomatoes, you mentioned yes. cucumbers. Yeah, some peppers. Peppers. Beetroots there. Yeah. And then up around here is the, con- well, this is the orchard area, so I've got comfrey growing all in around all of the fruit trees. And all of this plant here, which is the comfrey, I'd cut back probably about four weeks ago, five weeks ago, because we made a compost, yeah. and it just grows back all the time. So it's a great crop. Chickens love it, and you can use it as your nitrogen starter in a compost. Yeah, which oh. is really good. Yeah. Have you got chickens too? Um... No, I had chickens, but I work full time, so oh, it's yeah. been a bit much having oh, chickens. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a few compost things going on over here. That's just the home compost for food scraps. But over here are actual compost pens that we've made out of pallets and um, got making hot compost. So Hot compost? Yeah, so we're just layering nitrogen and carbon, so um, green and brown, with the right moisture content um, so that it really heats up when it first um, is made. And so this compost over there was actually as high. Should we go and have a look? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Only four weeks ago when we made it, so it's totally shrunk down, and that'll just be lovely um, in under there. So there's, like I said, layers of green and brown, but this is where our animal manure comes oh, in yes. from cows. Yeah. So we practice a lot of biodynamics up here, so it's got biodynamic preparations in it as well, and that's just really about connecting the animals to the whenua. Yeah, more like the earth to the sky. Earth to the sky? To the stars, yeah. Biodynamics is a whole other thing, but I've um, yeah. trained in biodynamics and so I'm a real believer in it in terms of agriculture, yeah. Biodynamics is a number of sustainable practices that enhance organic agriculture and soil. Now, when I visited Jessica back in March for the series, it was much warmer weather. 
One thing is for sure is that no kai is wasted here. She talks about her all-important apple trees. Um, so we're just in the process of about to cut up apples for apple cider vinegar. So we had a really good um, crop of apples. Fighting them, fighting with the possums at the moment, so we yeah. need to do some trapping. But um, what's the recipe for apple cider vinegar? Mm, it's really complicated. It's fill up Is a it? big thing of <laughs> big big jar with uh, water and put your apples in there and leave it for two weeks, um, and then take the apples out and then leave a little muslin cloth on top of it for another four weeks, and you should get that ferment starting to happen. And then when it's done, bottle it. So it's really simple. And it's so, so we talk about gut health. Yes. Uh, drink a glass of apple cider, you know, apple cider yeah. vinegar in the morning. What a great way to start the like day. Like a shot glass or mix with water? Mix with water. Mix with water. Yeah, not, not that hard, shot yeah. glass. <laughs> Gosh, and to think I spend, like, I don't know, $9 every month on a bottle of oh. apple cider vinegar. Yeah, I think to be able to know that the apple cider vinegars come from just outside the kitchen is just lovely. You know, the apples were growing just outside here. Got some special trees over the um, over the other side of the garden. They're Monte Surprise apple trees, and they were from the Whanganui River, and they're really high in antioxidants, so they're really good for people who are suffering from cancer. And so to be able to use those apples in the apple cider vinegar last year was really beautiful. And actually last year our method for making apple cider vinegar was to cold press, cold juice. Cold press juice? Juice, cold press. What are the name of the apples again now? Monty Surprise Apples. Yeah, they're amazing. They're huge and um, it's a really robust tree. And it's one of, you can really see it's going to be one of these heirlooms that will probably still be standing in 100 years. About five minutes from your front gate, we're heading down a slope. Now, it's a private road and it's narrow, so we shift off to the side for the car to pass us. Now, down this slope is more of Jessica's land. Her sheep are grazing, there's goats and a makeshift house. So this is, so this is our paddock down here and that's our boundary. Oh, yes. Where, those, um, tree, where that tree line of gums are. And so just about to get these gum trees pruned. So these are good learnings, say, you know, you get little gum seedlings with root trainers for a dollar fifteen. You think, oh awesome, I'm gonna plant trees and then fifteen years later they need management. You know, <laughs> and that costs money. So especially as we get older, how we can um, just do things on the farm that yeah. uh, you know we can re- we can maintain ourselves. Yes. The latest little herd of sheep. <laughs> and then um, this is our paddock on this side over here as well. Wow. And then the farm um, acreage takes from the river and goes across the river and under the bank on the other side. So it's quite a lot of um, quite a lot of land. So this is my little happy place at the moment, my shade house. So this is me growing, um, I'm much better growing outside than I am in a polytunnel. And I think just because it's like with nature, right? It's like with wind and rain and sun and I don't know, it just feels more natural to me. So this was the first, um, this was the first structure that I built when I got to the farm and it was, it's a shade house. You have to duck when you go in there because it was a little bit more money to get posts that were high enough to walk under. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I used to propagate native seedlings in here. So all of the native trees, like this lovely beech tree that have been planted, have all been propagated from seed, yeah, from locally eco-sourced seed. And now I have, um, it's a blueberry, it's a blueberry house with grapes in it. 
um, with also two f- flowers for bringing beneficial insects and um, kamal kamal. I've tried some saffron in here and it did really well, but it seems to have all died away, but it did do good. That was mainly due to my lack of weeding. Um, but yeah, it's, come and have a look. Yeah. Back inside her whare, I sit down with Jessica, where she unpacks the book, Te Mahi One One, Hua Para Kore, a Māori Soil Sovereignty and Wellbeing Handbook. You write, uh, we are soil, we come from soil, we live on soil, we will return to soil. This signifies its central importance to us and demonstrates our deep relationship with and belonging to Papa Tuanuku, so soil as a taonga. Can you talk more about that and what you mean by that in the book? So I think the first thing for me about soil as taonga is that it's a really good reminder that we are nature, that we, not only do we come from nature, but we are nature beings and within our food system or in our agricultural system, especially conventional agriculture, I think we really lose that feeling of being nature, of being nature beings, like being a co-creator with nature. So when I think about um, soil and soil as a tūpuna and soil as a taonga, for me it's about how can we be co-creators, like co-nurturers, co-developers with soil to grow food or grow native trees or to heal the land or to create really good soil microbiology. But um, more importantly, I think in the era of climate change, to actually use soil to um, draw down carbon from the atmosphere, um, you know, uh, for that um, massive big carbon load that's already up there in the atmosphere. So scientifically you're saying that um, the carbons, soil helps to draw it out of, like draw pollutants... The carbon cycle of life, and so soil plays a really important role in that carbon cycle. It's cycling carbon and nitrogen, and so that's what happens, you know, when we're composting, when we're decomposing. So we have the ability to, um, you know, when we cut a tree down, we release carbon back into the atmosphere. We uh, Mm. lose that ability then from that arco to be able to draw carbon down into the soil. So we do know that really healthy soil has the ability to sequest carbon. The beautiful offerings that soil provides to us as farmers or as food growers, um, you know, people might think of it as kind of a service, you know, so what are the services? But I consider my relationship with soil, since she is my tūpuna, is more of a divine relationship, not as a transactional one. You know, more about, well, how can I be a co-producer and a co-creator with you, soil, you know, hiniahuone, mm. to be able to generate um, what I want or what I need to live in terms of food, but also to in terms of my role... Um, as somebody who really cares for the whenua and cares for whānau, my role in um, mitigating or adapting to climate change, you know, I think really now is the time to be paying attention more so than ever to what healthy soil is and to understand how we can grow that soil microbiome. I mean, just while you're talking, I, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, the days of my, I mean, I wasn't born then, but, you know, my um, great my grandfather and my grandmother would grow marakai and it was like they were so tuned into when to plant, how to plant and, um, you know, plant all the seeds that it seemed like a real whānau 
you know, they far no fear, and they would um, take veggies and fruit down to the local markets. So, I mean, that's something within my whānau is 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 lost. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's kind of um, generationally, it's it's been not forgotten, but certainly not as prevalent as it was back in the forties, fifties, and sixties. What kind of trends have you seen in terms of our our Māori whānau, um feeling this certain way about Marakai and Oneone? Oh, I think since COVID lockdown, it's just right at the forefront of everything, isn't it? Nice. We're right on it. We're right on um, conversations around what food security is. Um, we're beginning to have conversations as whānau Māori around uh, Māori food sovereignty. And my first book, Te Mahi Māra Hua Parakuri, yes. in 2015, was all about Māori food sovereignty. You know, just starting to lay down some early thinking around how we might conceptualise and describe what Māori food sovereignty means in Aotearoa. Been, there has been quite little written about it. We haven't been been putting our attention into all these other spaces, and rightly so. You know, attention or um, the current state of the world has thrown up the need to really think about Māori food sovereignty and Māori food security. So Māori food sovereignty, for me, I often mm. describe it as returning to eat the cultural landscapes from which we come from. And so if we really think about, you know, what that means, it is about a return, you know, a, a, a pivot, a change in direction, um, returning back to those cultural landscapes. Well, what are the cultural landscapes yeah. that we come from? Really, what are they? You know, really, what is the whakapapa of the soil? Really, what is the modi of the whenua of the ngahere? Um uh, How then do we reignite what our... Um, uh, chairperson of Tawaka Kaiora Percy Tipini, who's now passed away, what he would talk about is our divine senses as Māori. He'd say, Oh, your puku's so colonised, you know. How do we restore and return our divine senses or our divine knowing in our puku, in, in our, puku, uh, in our ate, uh, to be able to come back to really connect with eating our cultural landscapes again? So I really, I had a happy dinner dinner plate last night because everything was from the farm. And it's not just that it's the food that's from the farm, but it's really that thing of eating the earth and eating the soil and eating the water and eating the air, you know, like you're eating the nature, eating the cultural landscape. Um, although we're not from here, we're not mana whenua. You know, we're, we're eating the cultural landscape that's all around us in our everyday and has been for 16 years. And there's something very restorative and nurturing about that, something very restorative and nurturing um, about eating food that's not out of plastic, that hasn't um, needed oil in its production methods through transportation or food supply or pesticides and chemicals. Yeah, it's a big big part of well-being for me. So the recipes, um, both yes. in Te Mahi Marahua Parakori and in the soil book, are from Greta Carney from Happy. I know, yes. And she's in the Hawke's Bay, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she's yeah. in the Hawke's Bay. And she's just such a beautiful um, supporter of Te Waka Kaiora, the Māori Organics Group, and such a great advocate for the Hua Parakori, and really generously has shared recipes again. But these recipes are focusing on gut health. And so yes. we're really making that connection in the soil book, in the Māori Soil Sovereignty book, between healthy soil and a healthy gut. And so, you know, if we're eating food that's grown with high micronutrients, then we're going to take that nutrient-dense food into our bodies and it's going to create good gut health. So we're really wanting to make that connection between 
healthy soil, healthy food and healthy people in the book. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a bit about the Hua Parakore Soil Health Practice Framework. So this is a, an illustration inside uh, the book, which has, of course, got uh, the meanings, which is whakapapa, wairua, mana, maramatanga, te aotūrua, and Modi. So you can just um, break down what each of these mean in terms of this uh, framework. So the Hua Parakore Framework was developed by the Māori Organics Group in 2011, and it is used as a Māori organic verification framework. Uh-huh. But like all kaupapa Māori frameworks, it can be really adaptable. And so we're using these kaupapa, these six kaupapa, um, as ways to interrogate or understand from a Māori perspective soil health, how we might start to kind of build our own soil indicators for health. So for example, if we think about, and I'll use um, Modi first as an example, because it's always really what comes to mind for me with soil, Um, and I think about composting, and so when I turn a compost, I'm looking for that nice balance between moisture and dry, for, you know, micro microbiology or activity um, beginning to happen um, you know that breakdown that decomposition and I think of that as modi so for me I want to look at the soil I want to feel the soil I want to smell the soil in a way that connects with my understanding of modi and then builds up my understanding of modi in relation to soil health. If we look at whakapapa in relation to soil we're really talking about honouring the indivisible relationships between lands, waters, people and soil. Mm. So even in that tangata, whenua, tangata and whenua, it's all encapsulated in that. But we, when we talk about soil in Aotearoa from a Western science perspective, uh, it's devoid of that relationship with people. Yes. So in Te Ao Māori, we're, we're stating the obvious saying that. Connected. Yeah, but connected. it's not stating the obvious in the Western world, you know, or in the world of the RMA when they're choosing to, uh, you know, bulldoze the best topsoil in the area for housing developments or motorways. And, you know, this is it, isn't it? We've got competing interests over land use. But have we actually elevated the mana of soil of Hineahuone enough to um, influence how we might make the decision about how we might use that land or that soil? Uh, Is it really um, the best thing to do to bulldoze the best topsoil in an area when we know we've got um, food security issues and we're really at a time where we're wanting to restore local food uh, security within communities? In your knowledge, are there Māori voices at that level, Um, Jessica? At the high level, yeah, at the high level. But I think, you know, this is the whole system, isn't it? It requires change and allies all the way throughout the system, and that includes um, both at the ministry government level but at territorial, regional council, local local authorities. Um, And there is always work and opportunity for Māori to get engaged in all of that stuff. And then there's all the work that we can do in our own back garden to grow the modi of the soil around us, Mm. to build our own whakapapa relationships to the soil. Tēnā koe tākuta Jessica Hutchins, me o Pukinga Katoa. Noa Gujarati, noa Ngaitahu, noa Ngāti Huirapa. Now to find out more about her her publications, information on Māori organic farming, we've posted some links on the page rnz.co.nz slash tahika.
to get in touch with the show, you can email tiahika at rnz.co.nz. Follow RNZ Tiao Māori on Facebook and Twitter. Or you can subscribe to the podcast RNZ Tiahika on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you access your podcasts. Ko te mana ko ia, kai te noho pai e koutou. Me hoki mai a te wiki e tū mai nei, tēnā tātou katoa. Katoa.